Hello, hello, everybody. This is Dr. Aaron Stair from bloomingwellness.com. Um, this is another episode of Causes or Cures, of course. And it's just me today. I don't have a guest. It's just me. And I'm doing this, of course, for my apartment in New York City. Um, the construction outside hasn't started yet. And while this is the city that doesn't sleep, um, I'm hoping that you don't hear a lot of background noise because it's really, really early. So some people are sleeping, I think, or pretending to sleep, whatever. Um, okay, what's today's topic? Today's topic is this. Wellness is a luxury brand. Mm, I can feel some of you furrowing and feeling a little triggered maybe, right? Okay, all right. Let's take a deep breath through your quinoa holes. And let it out. And stay with me, okay? I'm going to explain this. Now, I really don't believe wellness should be a luxury brand, but that was the title of letter one in the satire book I just wrote. It's a satire on the wellness industry and also a satire on the pharmaceutical industry. But the name of the book is Yours in Wellness, Crystal Healing, Letters from the Wellness Industry. The book is short, so you should read it, because I know people don't have long attention spans today. Um, And it's letters. It's a series of letters written from the perspective of Crystal Healing, who is CEO of a fictitious wellness company called Verdant Corpora. (laughs) It's funny because the book has gotten me a lot of hate mail, even though it's satire. Satire. Now... I realize that satire and humor and comedy have been canceled. Um, At least that's what it feels like. But stay tuned, stay tuned, because in a future episode or Instagram video, I am going to be a lawyer for satire and comedy. And I'm going to explain why we shouldn't cancel them for health reasons. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get down to the nitty gritty of this you know, specific immune cells even. So stay tuned for that. But some of these um, hate messages I've received, they, they read like this. Hi, Dr. Stare. I just want you to know that I can afford all of the detox formulas that I take and the spa treatments and the sauna treatments and the organic foods and the supplements. I take about 10 supplements and I afford them just fine. Okay, just fine. Okay. I'm really offended by you, Dr. Stair. How could you write this? Blah, blah, blah. These things really help me. How could you? And I'm like, okay, good for you. I bet you're fun at parties and good for you. (sighs) So I want to explain what I mean because I think it's important. If you look at a lot of the top wellness brands on social media, they look for lack of a better word, rich, (laughs) rich, especially on the celebrity turned wellness guru feeds. You know who I'm talking about? I mean, good for them, but you know what I'm talking about. Like if I was a Martian who didn't know what wellness was and I, you know, came from a sophisticated planet that we don't know about yet. And I 
had my spaceship and I drove it and landed on Earth, landed in Los Angeles. And I just saw some of these feeds. You know, I, I created an Instagram account using a fake profile, of course, because I would not want to reveal my Martian identity. Um, but if I did that, I would think wellness is a bunch of detoxes, sauna treatments, organic, expensive food arranged in photogenic postures, on beautiful eco-friendly plates in gorgeous kitchens. I would think it's spiritual retreats with crystals, beautiful crystals in tropical paradises or winter wonderlands. I would think it's expensive workout clothes, boutique gym memberships, manicured meals, lots and lots and lots of supplements, and lots and lots of essential oils, toxin-free pillows, bedspreads, shower curtains, special toxin-free soaps and bath salts, toxin-free Tupperware and kitchenware and toxin-free underwear, you know, foot baths, <laughs> foot baths that turn different colors and you know, the people who sell them tell people, oh, that means toxins are coming out of your body. Like it's some sort of foot exorcism. Uh, you know, it's, it's yoga with goats when some people on planet Earth just to survive have to eat their goats. I mean, right? So if I was a Martian, that's what I would write down in my journal of Earth observations. And that's what I would uh, submit to the king of my planet the lead Martian, the head Martian guy, and that's what I would report. That's what wellness is on planet Earth. <clears throat> okay, so there's a place for all of that. I'm not knocking that. There's a place for that. But when you see all of that, is that really what you want wellness to be about? Because here's the deal. All of that stuff costs money. It costs a lot of money and people can get addicted to, you know, the wellness junkie, right? They just buy all these products one after the other. They're into wellness, wellness. And and I know they're buying it. I know they're buying it because wellness is a 4.2 trillion dollar business. Last time I checked, it's it's going up. So as much as I get on big pharma's case for putting profit before patients, wellness kind of does the same thing. It puts profit before people. And, and oftentimes they sell products with no evidence at all and with claims that are absurd and ridiculous. I often joke that when you walk into a, a wellness store, if you pick up a supplement or tea, you'll see that it works for every ailment. And I also talk about that in my book. And you're like, really? This, this is a, a cure for everything? Wow. So here's, here's my take on this. I challenge everyone, especially all of you guys who identify as wellness coaches, wellness gurus, wellness warriors, wellness prophets, whatever, to make the brand of wellness more inclusive and accessible. Maybe even minimalize it a bit. Make it more about common sense and getting the basics right. Think about it this way, wellness on a budget for people who live paycheck to paycheck. Because what wellness ideally 
should be about is empowering anyone with any income or any situation in life to live a healthier life and to feel like they have the power to do that. That is what wellness really is about. Wellness for everyone. You know, all that extra stuff, the bells and whistles are nice, but is that really what you want wellness to be about? Because you are really limiting your target audience and the people who feel like they can embrace the wellness brand. So here's the deal. What can you do with a tight budget? How can you live a healthier life with a tight budget? Or if you have to work all day long and you have a really, really long commute to work. Now, commutes, some of them, some people can work remotely. We see that during the pandemic, but a lot of people don't. They still have to go on these long commutes. And I mean, imagine that. Maybe you only have a tiny square in your apartment to work out and you don't have much time at all. What can you do with that space? You know, what can you do with the ground and gravity and your body? While all the detoxes, juices, crystals, essential oil supplements, magnetic socks, expensive yoga pants with sensors are great, they're great, they can't actually improve someone's wellness if he or she can't get the basics right, if they can't afford the basics, right? The simple stuff, the common sense stuff. Um, <laughs> I have to laugh because uh, I have a wellness site, as you know, um, and I meet a lot of biohackers and I get, and oftentimes they're, they're self-proclaimed biohackers and they don't, as far as I know, many don't have a scientific background or take even courses in biochemistry, physiology, anatomy, uh, most, as far as, as I've come across, didn't go to medical school. And they always are like, all right, Dr. Stare, I'm going to give you this product or show you how um, I'm going to stay and look young forever, or I'm going to live forever, which that sounds ludicrous to me because, um, <laughs> you know, when you're in health and wellness, uh, or even if you live long enough, you should recognize that life is often suddenly cruel and there's a lot of randomness to things and genetics might be far more powerful than we think. So the idea that, you know, biohackers can prevent, um, you know, illnesses or keep people alive forever uh, to me seems a little misleading, but I have to laugh because on the other hand, I've met people who can't stop drinking soda or a sugary drink. And I said, and these biohackers are working on the, all this sophisticated stuff for their niche market. Okay, but you want to show me a real biohacker? Show me how you can convince a bunch of people who are at risk of getting type 2 diabetes to stop drinking all the sugary drinks or, or eating the sugary snacks. Then I'll be like, wow, you're a real biohacker. That's, I mean, that would be impressive to me. That would be impressive. <clears throat> but I digress, don't I? I digress. <laughs> I'm going to use obesity and the pandemic um, as an example of, of why it's important not to represent wellness as a luxury brand um, as it's being presented now. Some of you, some of you know that um, if you listen to Causes or Cures, I just posted a podcast on, on the how and why obesity actually increases the severity of uh, clinical outcomes in COVID-19 patients. Um, and it's worth listening to. It's with a, a top doctor who published a study on it. So do listen to it. 
But in that podcast, I talk about how it's funny, it's ironic, because people, you know, they're joking about gaining the COVID-19, meaning 19 pounds in quarantine. And I said, well, that's funny, um, because if, if you because obesity or even just being overweight is associate is associated with um, a, a significant increase in severity of symptoms when it comes to COVID-19. So we should be talking about obesity now uh, in our national dialogue and all public health people should be talking about this because it, it really is worsening um, the USA, especially it's, 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 really complicating our situation um, with handling COVID-19. And if we were healthier, if we didn't have such a high obesity rate, we'd be in a better position to handle the pandemic. We just would be. We would be. And guys, it's not just COVID-19. Obesity worsens many other viral illnesses and certainly other chronic health conditions. Um, It's a real problem. It's a real problem. It's not a joke. We need to talk about it and we need to start, I don't know, we need to fix it. It's a problem. Now, now, the story of obesity is a complicated one. I am well aware of that. Based on the CDC's current numbers, over 40% of the adult population is obese. We are not getting smaller. That number's only going up. We are getting fatter, and it's okay to say fatter because that's not it says nothing about your self-worth it, at all. It's just we are, it's just a fact. We're getting fatter, and that's a problem when we consider health. That is a problem. People are getting fatter. People are getting heavier. And that doesn't mean that anybody should go out there and fat shame people. That, that's stupid. Fat shaming doesn't work. If fat shaming worked, nobody would be obese in this country because fat shaming has been going on for, for years. Um, And studies show it actually works in the opposite direction. People actually eat more and gain more weight. So I'm not suggesting that. And I'll say it again. Someone's fat composition has nothing to do with their self-worth. Absolutely nothing. And I'll say it again. You can be beautiful at any size. Absolutely. Um, I think I just said that for the first time. Sorry. Um, but we know that obesity causes tremendous health risks, and that's why we need to talk about it. And we should put it in the spotlight during this pandemic, because doing nothing about it is dangerous. It's dangerous. And if we don't talk about it and we don't point it out, it means that we really don't care about people, because it is going to cause a lot of people to die earlier deaths than they should. And I'm going to link this back to the topic of this podcast, because Not all the detoxes or coffee enemas or foot baths in the world is going to help if somebody is struggling with obesity. Now, the reasons for obesity are complicated and multifactorial, but still, but still, wouldn't it be great if more of the well-known wellness influencers focused on that issue rather than oh, I don't know, a high-tech yoga shirt that can measure how much you sweat and your partner sweats, um, you know, how many pheromones you're releasing into the atmosphere, right? Like, shouldn't we focus on that, obesity, um, instead of getting a, a detox formula from the store 
and thinking that's going to make all of your problems go away because it's not, guys. It's not. <clears throat> now, obesity is a complicated story. Some people say it boils down to eating less and working out more. That's true. But that's not a quick fix. And it's not sexy. But it does work. It works. However, obesity gets more complicated when you factor in underlying conditions that can predispose someone to obesity, and, and they exist, genetics, and lifestyle factors. There's no doubt we have become a much more sedentary country from kids to adults, desk jobs, and video games, and that is definitely affecting our obesity rates. Do we need to move more as a society? Is our dependence on technology making us sit more? Hell yeah, it is. And hell yeah, we do. We do need to move more. Now, a rich person might be able to afford to go to a weight loss camp like Pritikin uh, down in Florida. And, and they do a great job. But these, these places are so expensive. They're so expensive. Rich people might have better health care, access to better doctors, even coaches. They might have the ability to buy organic local foods, uh, someone to cook healthy for them, gym memberships, trainers, yards that they could work out in. But oftentimes, um, poor people, even middle class people, don't have all of those luxuries. And since health care is so expensive in this country, and it is, it is, you can lose your house in this country if you get a serious a serious enough health issue and people have to create GoFundMe accounts just to pay their bills. And good luck to those people. If you have a lot of friends, if you have a story that goes viral on social media, you might do okay. If you don't, you are up shit's crick without a paddle. That is the American healthcare system. It, it is unaffordable for most people and it's gross. I admit. I admit. But Healthcare currently is still expensive as ever in the U.S. I think prices of drugs are always going up and, and care, it's always going up. So that is why addressing the causes of obesity head-on should be Wellness 101. Everybody's feed should be how to fix that problem. Prevention on a budget. Affordable lifestyle changes, things you can do right where you are that are going to improve your health. And, you know, this is going to involve getting creative and innovative with what you have and what you have access to. But that can be a fun challenge for a lot of people. What can you do with what you have right where you are on a budget, on a shoestring budget? How can you make yourself or your friend or your family member healthier? Now, obesity, like I said, it's a complicated story. Uh, people who are rich are obese, just like people who are poor, people who are middle class are obese. Um, I want to talk about a type of person, a poor person, a middle class person, a person who, you know, is average, doesn't have a lot of money, who is overweight, who is obese, who is obese. All right, let's think about this person. Um, okay, maybe this person has a long commute to work. 
So they spend a lot of time driving in their car, sitting on a bus or a subway. Then they get to work and they work a desk job. So they're sitting for at least nine hours a day behind a computer screen that's probably affecting their eyesight and, and they're not moving, they're sitting there. Maybe they go home, again, a long commute and they live in a food desert where you know, there's not a lot of access to healthy foods or they live in a food swamp where there's excessive access to high calorie, high fat, high sugary foods and they're tired, they're tired. Maybe their kids are hungry, maybe they, maybe they don't have kids, but they don't feel like cooking. Maybe there's a fast food restaurant next to them. Everybody's hungry. They don't want to cook. They're tired. So they're probably going to buy the fast food just to feed everybody. Maybe they don't pick the healthiest option on the fast food menu because they have no idea what it is. Um, I, I mean, there, there are no superfoods at fast food restaurants, are there? Do you guys know what the superfoods are at Burger King? Hmm? Maybe there's no gym nearby. There's no green space. There's really nowhere safe for them to walk. Uh, there's a lack of a support network. They don't feel motivated. Fitness isn't happening. Fitness isn't happening. There's too much stress. There's too many things to worry about. Maybe they're stressed out over finances. Who can relate to that? Have to pay your bills, have to pay your loans back, right? And what does stress do? Oh man, stress. <laughs> well, stress stress impacts the way you sleep and trouble sleeping, uh, decreased sleep is associated with obesity and worsening health conditions. What else does stress do? It influences unhealthy habits. You might eat more when you're stressed and you sleep less, or you drink, you smoke, right? Stress. What else does stress do? It lowers your immunity, puts you at a higher risk of catching viral illnesses. Uh, we already talked about stress decreasing quality sleep, and decreased sleep not only makes you eat more, predisposes you to, um, or increases your chances of becoming obese, but Decreased sleep also decreases your immunity. So you have all these things going on. This one person has all these things going on during a pandemic like COVID-19. So they might be more likely to get COVID-19, right? Definitely. And what else about this person? This person has to go to work. They don't have the luxury to work remotely. Um, they can't you know, they have, which means they have to expose themselves to people, whether it's on their commute, in their neighborhood, they're out and about. They're not locked away in a beautiful house with lots of wellness products in a beautiful neighborhood. Nope, that's not happening for this person. So again, they're just increasing their chances of, of contracting um, an, an infectious disease during a pandemic. Of course they are. So, and on top of that, they might have crappy health insurance um, and decreased access to quality health care, quality health care. <laughs> and the current brand of wellness probably feels foreign to them, unattainable, unaffordable. They can't relate to it, even though they need wellness the most. So, so guys, here's my message. Keep all of that wellness stuff. It's great. I mean, it is all that fluff 
all those sparkling, glittery crystals. But don't let that stuff define the wellness brand, okay? Even if you're selling something, you can still talk about the basics, the things that really will help people of all income brackets and situations in life live healthier lives. I challenge all of you to make the brand of wellness seem accessible. It is accessible to everybody. It is. So we we really shouldn't be making it seem like it's not. Wellness on a budget. Budget-friendly wellness. Realistic. Practical. Inclusive. So your feeds might not look as sexy, or your blogs might be less glittery, or your pictures might seem more drab. But I think overall, your message will be not only more inclusive, but more impactful. In the long run, you will help a lot more people become healthier. And that's really what it's about. All right, guys, that's it for me. I hope that makes sense. Um, Some of you might feel triggered still, so let's do it again. Let's take a deep breath through our quinoa holes. And out. (sighs) Releasing all of the toxins out into the outside world. (laughs) Um, All right, guys, if you want to read my book, it is available on Amazon, and I hope you do. I hope you do. Uh, If you want to write me, even if you want to write me a nasty message, that's cool. I can take it. My email is erin at bloomingwellness.com. And you can find me on Instagram as well. Um, I hope you guys think about what I said. Uh, Consider it tough love somewhat. That's not even tough for me. That's not tough love. It's, it's, It's just a message. And you should be able to handle that message. And if you disagree with me, we can talk about it like adults. I mean, that's, I know you don't have to cancel me. But if you want to cancel me, um, Go ahead, but I can't be canceled because I'm just not going anywhere. Um, All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Take care and smile and laugh. Bye.